Welcome to Standard Chartered India Money Insights, a podcast series that brings you topical insights and local perspectives on India's markets from the experts. Hi, my name is Ravi. Welcome to a special podcast on a series on India Market Outlook 2023. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Mr. Manpreet Singh Gill, CIO for the Middle East, Africa and European region for Standard Chartered Bank. Welcome to the podcast, Manpreet. Thanks, Ravi, for having me. So let's get to the first question straight away. 2022 has been a challenging year for investors with volatility escalated across asset classes. The outlook for 2023 also remains challenging. So how do you see the growth and inflation dynamics panning out in 2023? Well, uh, hi, Ravi. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think 2022 was indeed a challenging environment. But I think when you look ahead at 2023, it depends where you look. Now, if we start with the U.S., we do expect, you know, the economic growth environment to slow. Um, the Fed's been raising interest rates uh, for some time, and we think it will have some success as a result in helping sort of bring inflation, you know, move at least in the right direction. But what that does mean is that growth is likely to slow as a result, all the way we think into an economic recession. So that's sort of one sort of cornerstone macro view that that we're sort of, you know, uh, taking going into 23 and perhaps even a little bit beyond that. Now, that's, of course, the view for, for U.S. And we think even, you know, a lot of that will carry over to Europe. Over in Asia, it's a little bit different. So. Here in India, of course, the domestic growth outlook is arguably a lot stronger. So while, you know, slowing growth in the U.S. may provide a bit of a headwind, we do believe that you know, the domestic growth, you know, drivers are likely to more than offset that. So, you know, economic growth should, should hold up a little bit better, particularly with inflation not having been quite as much of a challenge. China is the other piece, of course, from a macro perspective, which we think looks interesting. Obviously, China has been at a very different point in the cycle with growth already having slowed last year. But policy has actually, if anything, been turning more supportive with you know, rate cuts already having kicked off in late 2022. So that together with the mobility restrictions means we think China may end up actually witness accelerating economic growth. And of course, inflation not really being a challenge there. So. A little bit different depending on where you are, but we do think slowing growth in the U.S., but potentially holding a much better in Asia. So what does it mean for USD and crude oil, two variables that were very widely discussed in 2022? So I think first for the U.S. dollar, I think that's actually the most interesting one, because over the past two years, the dollar has been has strengthened quite a bit and it was supported almost entirely by, by rising interest rates in the U.S., with the Fed really leading the charge on that front. But we actually think 2023 is going to be a year where the dollar continues to move lower. Now, we've seen some weakness already, and perhaps, you know, that's due a bit of a short-term consolidation. But, you know, from a broader perspective, you know, as the Fed sort of approaches the peak of its cycle and the discussion gradually shifts to when the Fed may eventually start to cut amid slowing economic growth, we think that will eventually, you know, lead to a weaker dollar. And that, of course, is quite interesting on several levels, not only for FX markets, but we know a weak dollar tends to be quite a positive tailwind for uh, for emerging market assets. Oil, though, perhaps more of a range-bound view. Uh, we expect WTI, for example, to stay around $75 per barrel. Normally, when you expect slowing U.S. economic growth all the way to a recession, uh, oil prices tend to fall as U.S. demand sort of uh, starts to slow. But we think this year things are a little bit different. We're obviously going into the year with some of the lowest inventory levels on record. And obviously, you know, supply has been far less responsive than usual to rising prices. And, and China may very well end up, you know, offsetting uh, the weaker U.S. demand to some degree. So all in all, we think, you know, that pressure may still be to the downside, but perhaps better mitigated than what we're only used to in, in West recession. Well, having said that, uh, what does it actually mean for investors? 
how does one navigate the near term uncertainty in 2023 well we think it's about taking advantage of the opportunity this environment presents us because we do think it'll be quite different from 2022 when when most asset classes faced headwinds of their own uh, the first place we look is is actually in bond markets uh, or income assets more broadly because you know one of the the results of tightening central banks around the world uh, both here in india and elsewhere is that you know we're able to generate yields or income the levels that we haven't seen in a long period of time in some global markets has actually been the highest yield level we've seen in in a decade or longer so that's the first place we look and that's why in in, in terms of us you know big theme for 23 actually you know uh, securing one yield is is one cornerstone now that's obviously one area but you know besides that immediate opportunity we equally think it's important to allocate to long term value uh, that's always an important sort of um, you know frame of mind to keep in mind for long term investors and you know when we think about global markets we see that actually in asian equities uh, which no surprise that we discussed of macro outlook if we expect growth to hold up better in Ch- in india and china and indeed most of asia that should feed through to earnings and and valuations um, at least for large parts of north asia are not expensive but if we look you know onshore in india as well there are, there are obviously a, we see long term value in a few specific areas so financial is one example of that with financials obviously benefiting from both improving bank balance sheets and credit quality over the last few years but also you know corporate deleveraging both of those of course setting us up quite nicely we think for the sector to start to perform that's one the second of course again staying with the theme of you know policy priorities is you know uh, structural themes like infrastructure um, again it's an area where we've seen you know policy efforts over the last few years we've seen those continue indeed with the you know strong capex plans in this year's budget uh, but we think all of these are starting to come together to a point where we think it makes sense for investors you know to to access the value we think is available in these themes so that was s and a for the safe strategy for 2023 what is f and e no indeed i think uh, not to miss out f and e i think so the first two capture some of our highest convictions but FNE is about getting the portfolio right as well right all, all the rest of the 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 components of a well diversified portfolio so F is really about fortifying against further surprises um you know in an environment where you know where we expect the fed to keep tightening until growth slows and us growth to fall into a recession we know from history that these are the kind of environments where events can you know take us by surprise so to us you know good examples of fortifications are perhaps a slightly smaller higher than a slightly larger allocation than usual to cash given the elevated yields uh, gives a bit of dry powder to take advantage of opportunities but also gold not only because you know falling real bond yields may offer a tailwind but also gold can be a good hedge against short term in volatility events if not for the long term so that's on f and e of course is more about expanding beyond the traditional i think what's been one of the key learnings from 2022 which is something we knew over the long term but really sort of you know came um, came to real life in in 22 was the diversification value offered by alternative strategies like, you know what if i look at global markets for example uh, while equities and bonds both were down by a lot um, you know many alternative strategy indices actually held up much much better so it's still sort of a neutral view a core holding view but i think the, the broader point is to use that neutral allocation to alternative strategies well well that does give a brighter picture of things but we've seen in you know, over the past few years in 2020 it was the the surge of covid pandemic in 2021 it was the second wave and in 2022 it was the inflationary pressures and the ukraine russia conflict what should an investor prepare for in 2023 well you know that's an interesting list right every year there's been an awful lot to worry about 
So I, I think, look, there's one set of risks that, 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 you know, by their nature cannot be forecast. And I think that comes to the F in safe, you know, fortifying ahead of those events. But in terms of sort of the top things we worry about, I think one, of course, is the risk of uh, a policy accident. Or in other words, policy over tightening. I mean, we're seeing that debate play out in the U.S., for example, where you know the debate about the policy is already restrictive versus what is still very strong U.S. labor market data, and, and that's a debate that's playing out for almost every major central bank around the world about whether policy levels are are appropriately tight or whether they're too tight. Um, and I think that's one risk we'd worry about. The second one, of course, is is geopolitical. I mean, in 22, we sort of saw that uh, things come to a head with the Ukraine conflict. And of course, you know, energy prices were the channel by which that, that geopolitical risk translated to financial market risks. Now, again, at least in the short term, for a short period of time, asset loss like gold can offer a hedge against that. Uh, though obviously not as much if, if you know, those kind of risks tend to play out. So with geopolitics, the key is really to figure out whether it's, you know, whether a particular event is a short term volatility event or something that alters the longer term, you know, structural direction. But, and that's something which has to be evaluated case by case. But I think in terms of, you know, what are the broadest risks we're following, those are really the two, I think, the risk of, of a policy accident and the risk of a geopolitical accident. Would there be an off chance that uh, we may see uh, a surge in commodity price shock further in 2023? Well, not not something we're, we're sort of watching as a, as a central sort of risk. I mean, we discuss obviously energy prices where our views are a bit more range bound, sort of offsetting the negative side. Gold, of course, you know, more more as a hedge against short term volatility. Let's say in gold, the risk is a little bit to the upside. Uh, I suppose one area we haven't discussed is industrial metals, right? And I guess that's where, you know, if we see Chinese growth start to rebound in a bigger way. You know, the obvious question about whether that starts translating to commodity prices from an industrial metal perspective. I think the way the perspective we take is that at a broad macro level, yes, you know, stronger Chinese demand should be supportive for the industrial metals area. Um, and the macro sort of way to implement that would be through broad commodity exposures, you know, globally, for example, you know, the Aussie dollars, one, one potential beneficiary of that and a weaker US dollar. But with industrial metals often ends up being quite a specific demand supply story. Uh, so supply an equally bigger factor. So it's, it's harder to have a broad brush story there. Bottom line is we're not looking for a, for a significant surge uh, outside of the old pocket where supply may be constrained. Thanks, Manpreet, uh, for the wonderful insight. It was a pleasure having you at a podcast. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered India Money Insights. Stay tuned for the latest updates and market trends by subscribing to our podcast. For more information, reach out to your Standard Chartered Relationship Manager or visit www.se.com.